All right, if you can hit the center of the disc with your arrow, Dan, I will give you assistant manager position, okay? My dart, it's it's bent. It's That's already rigged against me. You picked that this is out of the quiver, okay? I've never heard for drawing for darts. I've never heard of that. It's a fucking arrow, dude. It's not a dart. I'm just saying. I need a straight line straight. Cron? There's a lot riding on this. Yeah. Come in on this. Well, I don't think he should. He can't name himself assistant manager. That's right. That's the first thing. And I'm being a man by letting him challenge me. Somebody had to step up. Okay. So as third party, what do you want to do? Like, can he, does he have to pick again or does he have to shoot the bent arrow? Hey, hold that thought. There, there are people walking towards the store right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. No, it's not the regular crop of weirdos we got. It's real. It's customers. There are customers heading towards the store, dude. Like with clothes on and shit? Like humans? Yeah. Yeah. They look like just normal guys. Code red. Dan, code red. Do they have rollerblades on? Did you see their feet? He said walking. Okay, code yeah. red. Uh, shit. Put the shit away, all right? Where's my name tag? And that's why I'm telling Hello. Hey, hey. hey. Oh, hey. How's it going? <sighs> this is weird. Uh, oh, what's, what's weird? Welcome. I'm sorry. Welcome. Five Day Rentals is a video store. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were super psyched. We were, we're on a road trip right now, actually. And we saw that there's actually an open video store in this area. So we, we had to come by and check it out. Uh, this oh, is my, my, I'm Brantley, by the way. This is my buddy Nick. Nice to hey, meet you, man. Nick. Yeah, you this was a destination. We've heard good things. Yeah, <laughs> really. We, believe it or not, we, we're we're actually on a cross country hunt right now. We're trying to find uh, Mission Impossible on Betamax. So I don't know. Do you guys still carry Betamax here? I don't. Well, did you feel that? Because the whole building just shook when you said those words. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, um, buddy. I don't. I don't think you know what you seek. Spirits are aligning. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. What's going on right now? Uh, what you you're sure you want to open of, that door? Yeah, yeah. What M- you're Mission talking Impossible. About it, yeah, Mission Impossible is fine. It's uh-huh. Betamax. <laughs> That's I mean, the disc, right? The just big keep disc. Saying it. Just keep saying it. <laughs> Big boy disc. It's fucking cursed, man. Yeah. Oh, this okay. Is just like, it's just like that dream I told you about three months ago. You know anything about skeletons? The two of you? I, I mean, as in like... I dabble. Yeah. This guy's into the dark arts. He might. They might be ready. Yeah. They might Dan, be why ready, don't you guys? bring that crossbow back out? I'm going to get a crossbow. I'm going to grab some bathroom beers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. Yeah. Awesome. You guys just shoot crossbows here in the video store? Well, usually whenever we shut down the store, we have some sort of test of, of uh, manliness, and then we, we record our podcast. Oh, no. oh, you guys do a podcast. Oh, that's that's actually why we're traveling around the country. We're, we're like on this search for it, for, for our podcast that we do. It's called the Horror Drafts Podcast. Hmm. What's uh, what's your podcast? Uh, it's, it's crap. Oh. So just C-R-A-P, I just typed that into Apple. Podcast. Strangely enough, yes. Okay. <laughs> I no. think if you just it, scream it at your computer, our podcast will pop mm-hmm. up. So It's Dan's face and my voice. Doesn't make any sense. Okay, cool. No, nah, man, we're the we're the five day rentals video store podcast, man. 
the video store podcast. Nice. That's I'm gonna I'm a hundred percent gonna check that out. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah, we're we're mm-hmm. searching around doing this. In fact, though, Nick, we got to record a podcast pretty soon, and we actually don't have any guests. Do you guys want to just come on and like just we'll just like do a draft or whatever you guys want to talk about? Like all three of us. Yeah, why not? I say the more the merrier. All right, because I'll fight these two if you want. Oh, that sounds fun. I don't know how well that'll do in an you know an audio medium, but I'm sure our listeners would probably enjoy that. I color commentary all my own beatdowns. Oh, okay. Well, then that would work really well, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we'll do it, guys. You you wanna? I'm down. I mean, all right. We weren't doing anything else today, so. Dan, I think you can go ahead and put that crossbow down. No, you know what? Hang on to it. We we might need it a little bit later, actually. We're out of bathroom beers, by the way. Okay. So is this like a no on Mission Impossible? I checked. Disappeared. We had like six of them, didn't we? It it fell into the void. It's gone forever. Yeah, I think we buried it with Jesse Ventura. (laughs) And that puppet. These are all inside jokes. You gotta listen to our show, man. That's the whole point. Welcome to this episode of the Horror Drafts Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brantley Palmer, joined as always by my other co-host, Mr. Nicholas Schwartz. Nick, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks. Uh, Folks, you are so lucky today. You're getting not one, not two, but three fantastic guests on this podcast. A Horror Drafts first. We've had two before. We've never gone up to three. And not only that. We're drafting a huge category. We're drafting horror movies of the 80s, and we're not just doing a little five-round draft. No, this is going to be a mega draft. We're doing 10 rounds. 50 movies are going to be picked from the 1980s, and we couldn't do this without our fantastic guests. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Bones, and uh, oh, hang on a sec. I'm getting a note from them. Uh, It says these next two I have to introduce as the equally handsome and equally intelligent Dan and Kron from the Five Day Rentals podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks hey, for having thank us. Thank you. Uh, Nick, hello. Hello. <laughs> he, he said my that, name first, Kron. Did hello. you hear that? Well, I was trying to blow past that. I was going to say, I know that Bones told you to say that because okay. uh, he secretly, he thinks that if people say that, it it makes him seem more attractive in in, you know, <laughs> comparison it's modesty my man no it's the Mm -hmm. opposite of modesty (laughs) your looks are like modest mouse nobody's listened to them since 2016 ouch i don't think they were were they in 2016 yeah they're they're in they still are now yeah they're now (laughs) oh they are they're still there (laughs) yeah 
Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, this is going to be huge. I think we're going to break this into a two-parter, right? So I think we'll, we'll do a stop down after the fifth round, break this yeah. into two parts for everybody listening here. And, uh, uh, and you know, we always start off the show by asking our guests um, what they've been watching or reading or listening to or otherwise consuming. So uh, we'll go around the horn here. Um, does anybody want to start us off? Bones, you want to go? Man, I really am only just going to pimp other podcasts, I think. Oh, all um, right. Uh, I end up watching our movie twice every week. And then a lot of my viewing is based on the With Gorley and Rust podcast and Action Boys. So I would highly recommend, um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of having to pay for podcasts, mm-hmm. but those are two that I absolutely like. That's just gone money. I just don't, I just, even if they don't put something out, I'm going to pay for it. Um, so that's really what all I do. I watch the movies for that week and then I record my own podcast. So <laughs> gotcha. I think the, I'll, the other two guys will have stuff a lot more interesting. Okay. Uh, Dan, you want to go next? Ah. Uh. Let's see here. I just started, I don't know if you guys got Apple Plus, but I just started Slow Horses. Um, okay. Pretty good. Nice. Pretty good. About the sleuth house of MI6, I believe. It's kind of the screw-ups, but that was uh, pretty good. Uh, the wife. Oldman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got holes in his socks. How can you not watch? But, um... The wife and I also agree on yellow jackets, so oh, yeah. we've, we've been trying to finish that up. And, uh, yeah, just our movies that we do. And I, I did a lot of 80s here last week when I could fit them in when work wasn't kicking my ass. So. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I started, I started the new Scream the other night. I haven't finished it yet, so don't ruin it for me, guys. Okay. I, I haven't even started it, it so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're way ahead of me. <laughs> wasn't nice. bad. wasn't bad. But yeah, that's uh, all. I mean, that's all I got. Great. No, that's awesome. Cron, uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as watching goes, it for the last couple of weeks, it has been a bunch of uh, 80s horror that I was trying to catch up on for this draft. So I don't want to delve too deep into that. Um, sure. On our podcast, we just recorded Trancers, so we all watched uh, that little gym from Full Moon Entertainment. Um, and then kind of related to movies, uh, I'm about halfway through De Palma's book, Are Snakes Necessary? So that's been it's, an interesting... It's tough. It's, it's not t- that bad. <laughs> it's a tough read, dude. I think stuck he, at like a third. Well, I think he, write, he writes it... Like as if you were watching a movie, so they'll kind of just pick up and go to a whole different character that you don't know anything about for mm-hmm. a chapter, which it's like it would make sense visually, but in a book it is kind of different. And it's got all that De Palma horniness. Yeah, but oh, I, he, yeah, you know. he does not lose it. <laughs> you take the good with the bad. I mean, you uh, it, it jumps around, but it's got all that great De Palma <laughs> sex appeal. Awesome. Well, he wrote it first, so yeah, it's transferred. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Nick, what about you, man? 
Well, I got to start off by saying that um, Trancers has, I still have not seen Trancers, but that whole series has a special place in my heart. Brantley, I actually bought all of those films on VHS from video headquarters. Oh, nice. Like the entire series back awesome, in college. Awesome, man. Still have yet to watch any of them, but owning them was, you know, that's that's pretty cool. And so I got a Future Cop poster. I think that was like the the alternate name of it in like Australia. Um, Very cool. So, you know, I feel like an imposter because I haven't seen the fucking movie, but I love, <laughs> love, I mean, the subtitles of all the movies are just like, what is like life after death and like just brilliant. I can't wait to watch them. Death Lives, I think might be one of them. So yeah, yeah. Death Lives, right. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's an aside. Um, watching, consuming, I've only seen one thing last few weeks that was like worth mentioning and actually i think we talked about it in the first episode um we were talking about rodney asher uh his documentaries and i think we mentioned the uh, nightmare Corey mm-hmm. was talking about that too yeah um and i'd started that a long time ago when it came out and i finally just started over and finished it and it's good it's a you know it's about sleep paralysis and um but it's a creepy idea and a, i like totally recommend the movie it's worth watching nice yeah i'm gonna have to check that out uh as far as me uh a a bunch of my uh listening has been uh well the five day rentals podcast i've been listening to a bunch of those episodes oh wow Uh, i really have i think i've made my way through eight to ten of them at this point uh and they're a lot of fun i love it it brings me back to working in the video store uh those days not everything, you know. It's a, it's a little grosser at the Five Day Rentals uh, video store than than Video Headquarters was, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I've listened to uh, a bunch of other podcasts actually from the folks who are on the the with Gorley and Russ Discord. So uh, Nerds Geeks and the Kitchen Sink, uh, Dustin Kreft uh, and uh, Dustin, yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, and then uh, also uh, the Best Little Horror House in Philly from uh, George there, uh, which is uh, really great too. Uh, so I've been uh, enjoying those uh, a lot. Uh, that's on the listening end. Um, I just watched the audio commentary of Children of the Corn <laughs> in preparation for uh, with Gorley and Russ. So I don't think yeah. that really counts because I'm just hearing other people's voices and I'm like looking down at my computer as I'm typing. Um, but I did watch uh, horror-related uh, Summer of '84. Which um, I think I had started it like forever ago and like fallen asleep. This is not a, you know, I'm not a dig on the movie at all. I liked it. I just, you know, when I started things in bed late at night, I tend to just fall asleep during them. Um, and I love it. I, I had a blast with it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'm going to give that a little bit of a shout out. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's what, uh, that's, uh, what we've all been uh, watching and reading and listening to and all that jazz. Before we actually um, dive into the da- into the draft, um, and uh, we will, I promise, listeners, you know, we'll we'll get there. Uh, I actually wanted to bring up one thing about the Five Day Rentals podcast because you guys do categories. You know, you each will pick a movie within a specific category, and then you know, with that, that's how you each decide a movie, and and that's what you watch on it. Um, I've listened to a bunch. I actually thought of a bunch of categories and I wonder if I can just like real fast pitch them at you guys to see if they'd be something you think that would fit into the five day rentals, uh, podcast. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Um, software upgrade. This is any movie with either a robot or a cyborg that goes bad and they need a software upgrade. Uh, back before Bay, it's movies from before Michael Bay began making movies that probably influenced him in some way, shape or form. Uh, keep on trucking. 
any movie where trucking just in general plays oh. a part. <laughs> our our unaired first category was big rigs. So okay. we, yeah. <laughs> I thought that might be, you know, mm-hmm. along those, you know, uh, Robert's Rules of Awesome, which is a play on Robert's Rules of Order, the, the book of parliamentary procedure. But this would be any movie with Eric Roberts, Julia Roberts, or Emma Roberts. Uh, break a Leg, any movie with a gnarly bone break. Uh, it Takes Two to Tango, which is your classic double team films, you know, where two guys come together and, and you know, work together. Through Kick and Thin, any movie with a protagonist who uses an awesome kick at some point. <laughs> Uh, be my guest. You know any any movie where an alien comes to visit Earth. Uh, let's see. Take it off. Any movie in which the hunky male lead has his shirt off at some point. Um, let's see. Uh, there's. A, I'm just gonna skip a bunch here because this is going on for a little while. But I'm gonna top it off with um, Hanging Hong instead of Hanging Dong. This is any movie starring James Hong, the very <laughs> prolific actor. Uh, so those are just a couple, like, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Feedback, anything I, you know, would need to tweak a little bit for the five day Reynolds podcast on those categories. I think he gave Karan just like all his next list. I think yeah. he just probably wrote those down. <laughs> yeah. You did a bunch of work for me. So that, that saves me some time down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's I legit like... a year of podcasts <clears throat> yeah. for us. Nice. So nice. I like that you named them. I try mm-hmm. to go good with my names. I always try that. Okay. So, See, I, uh, yeah, I started with a name. I was like, okay, what's like a saying that we can turn into a category or tweet? You a have bit? one that is so goddamn close, like even in name to one I mm. actually have. I just like circled it on my list. Really? Because, okay. Yeah. So we have we have a master list already mm-hmm. of the thirty, and then we just those are rolled randomly. Gotcha. Um, but you, yeah, you hit one so close. I was like, oh, this is creepy. Nice. Okay. Right. I love it. I love it. I'm glad, I, you know, I was getting the vibe after listening for a while and I was like, okay, I, and this is, I would be driving sometimes. And I'd be like, oh, that'd be an interesting one. And then I'd forget it by the time I had stopped anywhere and could like type it down. So I just got into the habit life. of just, yeah, making a list like quickly so I didn't lose them, you know? Well, anyway. maybe we can do one, do a whole category and just have you guys on. And oh, can just, that'd be Awesome. And I'd be 100% en- enjoy down. the chaos that is of going through those three, you know. By the time we... you get to the third one, you're just you're worn out of inside jokes and bits. Okay. Just want to get to the next one. Or would we fun. be trainees in the video store uh like, you know, getting a hang for it and then coming on for the category or you think we're just there in the category like during the actual, you know, the the podcast part, not the I mean, if we're going to bring you in, let's bring you all the way in. Yeah, maybe we had to shut down another store. And Mm. you guys, yeah. They're just giving you your last two weeks working with us, you know. You're working cash register first day. Okay. It's like Taco Bell. Yeah. Okay. Hey. And there's just a bunch of, like, buttons and tokens in that cash register anyway. So it's not, it doesn't matter. It's You figure it out. There's no. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm, I'm on board. That sounds awesome. Nick, you up for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just infiltrating their store so I can get Mission Impossible on beta. I still believe yeah. it's in the back there. Somewhere. Yeah, I don't believe them when they say it's yeah. not around. That's well, hey, it's, uh, it's, it, it's totally in the back of the store. So Yeah. <laughs> Every copy ever produced and not sold. <laughs> yep. Nice. All right. Uh, Brantley, well, I, wanted, I, yeah. don't wanna, I want to apologize 
Okay. If when you invited me on, you did not anticipate getting triple the chaos, <laughs> I want to thank you for being game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and say thanks for the other two. But then also, I apologize if we fucking stray with any random ass bits that we can't control <laughs> and extend this thing longer. And thank you for being good sports because I know Kyle was like, how the hell am I supposed to pick five? So I think we sort of forced the mega-ness of this. So I wanted to apologize on behalf of the five-day rentals crew. So. No, no, I say no apology necessary. Okay. Uh, I actually was really excited when you said a mega drive. I was like, well, Jesus, that's going to be really long because our podcast runs long, period. But then I was just like, yeah, but that'll just be so awesome. And it'll be what a great, like first foray into a mega draft because i mean what better category to do it with so i'm i'm 100 percent on board man I, i'm like ready to go for this thing i just cut transfers is a 77 minute movie mm-hmm. i just finished the edit it's two hours and 45 minutes so <laughs> beautiful we go long yep <laughs> well without further ado uh let's get into the draft and and i got to Go through a couple rules first because you might be thinking 80s horror movies what well, that's simple right not quite, all right? We have to dif- distinguish what actually is considered an 80s horror movie. And what we settled on is that it has to actually have been released in the 80s. So from January 1st, 1980 to December 31st, 1989, if it was released either in theaters or straight to video, if that's where it went, then it counts as an 80s horror movie. And you might say, okay, no big deal. What's, you know, who cares? But... That means certain things like, say, Tremors, which was originally supposed to come out in November of 89, but got pushed until January of 1990, does not count as an 80s horror movie. Also, that means a movie like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which was made in 86, but never actually officially released in theaters until January 1990, also does not count as an 80s horror movie. So... Keep that in mind. Don't be yelling at your phone as you're listening to this, wondering where the hell Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is on this list. It is not eligible. So that piece of business is out of the way. The other piece of business is the commissioner. We always offer it to our guests. Now, we have three guests today. They have decided to act each as a commissioner. So what that means is if someone drafts something and there's a challenge as to whether or not it is, say, like actually a horror movie or whatever... It's going to be a majority vote between Bones, Dan, and Cron as to whether or not it actually counts and can be drafted on the Horror Drafts podcast. So that business is out of the way. Gentlemen, do we all agree on the rules for the draft? Excellent. Yes. All right. Beautiful. Uh, So we also rolled our six-sided die to determine the draft order ahead of time. The draft is going to start with Nick. Then it's going to go to Dan. Then myself, then it will be Cron and Bones. All right. So Nick is going to pick first in the first round. He is not going to be picking again until the end of the second round. He is going to see eight movies taken off the board in between his first pick and his second. This is the craziness of the five person draft here is that there's a lot that's going to disappear. Uh, very quickly now i feel very comfortable that i might be able to just write in what nick's pick is going to be but i'm not going to do that i'm going to wait till we actually get on the clock so if you want to save time ado, you can okay <laughs> without further um. ado ladies and gentlemen folks I, why am i being binary everybody listening uh with the first pick of the first round mr nicholas schwartz is on the board nick take it away cool all right well 
since everyone knows what I'm going to pick anyway, can I just preface this by saying, like, researching this podcast made me realize how few horror movies from the 80s I really enjoy. Um, I was shocked. All of my favorite movies are from, like, the late 70s or the early 90s, and I yeah. barely missed the cutoff <laughs> on all of them. So this was tough. Um, and also, like, what criteria? Is it just, like, the movie that yeah. feels the most 80s to me? Or is it my favorite movie? Or is it, like, whatever? So, um, you know what, Brantley? I had your voice in my head the whole time, just draft with your heart. Mm -hmm. So it might be a combination of all those. I'm not sure. But the first one is The Shining, because it's my favorite movie of all time. And that's it. 1980. It's probably, I don't know, it might, may well be the first movie released that gets drafted tonight. But we'll see. And I have nothing Beautiful. else to say about it that I haven't already said. I, love I, mean, I have it, plenty man. to say about it that I haven't already said. But, you know, everyone's got, like, jobs to go to and shit tomorrow. So, you know, <laughs> or, like, whatever. So that's it. Awesome. That's great. I, I love it. Dan, you are on the board with the second pick. Right. On the clock, sorry. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of movies here to choose from. Um, seen a lot. There's a lot, you know, that wouldn't make my list, but I tried to put a good list together here for you, gentlemen. <clears throat> and I think with the the second pick here, I'm gonna go. An American Werewolf in London from okay. 1981, directed by Mr. John Landis. Great pick. I yes. love it. Excellent pick. Why is that your first pick of uh, the whole draft? Why would you take that over everything else? I mean, I know there's some some five-star bangers up there. The Shining, I agree, should be number one. It's uh, one of my favorites as well. So thank you, uh, Mr. Nick, there. Oh, thank um, you. It's just a perfect mixture, man. The practicals are fucking great. The comedy's good. You got the buddy duo there going. You get just it's just wild, man. There's a porno theater. Like, I mean, it's just insane, really. He wakes up naked in a zoo, like. <laughs> and some of the shots that are that they that he gets, like him running through the woods and shit, waking up in the bed and the eyes. Then you got the the fucking Nazi family that comes in and the Nazi werewolves take them out. But I don't know. It's just a growing up. That was a fun time, and I remember the first time I seen it, I was like, "Holy shit! Like, this is awesome!" So, like I said, I'll take I'll take an American werewolf in London. I love it. I think that All right. the ending of that movie is so good, where it's just uh, how many cars can we make run into each other and. <laughs> And then they just end the movie. Like, it's just done after that. So it's so fast. They just cut it off. That's that's it. I, it's yeah, kind of the that. quintessential movie of not going where you think it's going to go. It it constantly takes the other turn. Um, yeah. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I So coming into this, I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what all of your preferences are as it comes to 80s horror. I mean, you know, is it like are our franchise, big franchise stuff going to go? Or, you know, what's going to go first? Anything? And there's such a varied amount of horror in the 80s, too. I mean, it was just the decade of horror. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. I'm on the board right now. And look, Nick, I know I tell you all the time on this podcast, draft with your heart. But I feel like with the 10-round draft here, like there could be a little strategy. If I'm looking at my numbered list, I know what my number one is, but I have a feeling I might be able to get that. Round five, six, seven, maybe something like that. So, do I take the risk? I think I'm going to. 
And so I'm not going to take what's my official number one, but I am going to take John Carpenter's The Thing with my first round pick. Um, just a, I mean, Jesus, what a, what an amazing tour de force movie. Great, like mystery as to who is, who is not infected. Fantastic performances all around. The practical effects in it are just amazing. And it is unbelievable to me that this movie was so critically and commercially just panned upon its release. I mean, thank, I mean, obviously it's gotten like the cult following and it's considered one of the best horror movies now of the eighties, but just, I don't, has there been a movie that's had such a turnaround that is just like so like vehemently disliked when it came out and then like maybe five to ten years later is considered like one of the best already of that decade? Um, I don't know, but uh, it's it's the big unbelievable Lebowski. the one eighty the shiny Lebowski really that got it was and that Lebowski, so yeah, weird. Good oh okay I didn't realize it was panned as much when it came out. But yeah, the thing, John Carpenter, I mean, it's funny because with Gorley and Rust, like they just dropped their episode on Christine, which was Carpenter's follow up to the mm-hmm. thing and is like very bloodless in comparison. And Carpenter kind of talked about in um, in the book, Hell Hath No Fury, like her, the making of Christine. He's like, yeah, I don't know why we did that. You know, we had an R rating. I'm sure it had something to do with the thing, though. You know, basically that was his quote. Like he was, I think, you know, a little gun shy with uh, gore and practical effects after, you know, after coming off the thing. But anyway, yeah, that's my first round pick. Man, <clears throat> I, I mean, that would have been my first pick as well. I, I think what makes that movie so good is just how truly bleak it is for all of those characters. Yeah. Like at the very start of the movie, that is the best it's ever going to be for any of them. Like. Even as they learn, um, you know, what the thing is and what it can do, they're still losing at that point. You know, it's it's just yeah. never going to get better. So, yeah. No, great point. And actually, Kron, you're on the board now with the, your first pick in the first round here. All right. So a couple of the top ones have already been taken. Um, so I'm going to go with... Um, a movie that I really love. I'm going to take from 1986, The Fly, directed by uh, David Cronenberg. Yeah, I Great had a pick. feeling I was going to go this round. Great pick. Uh, I mean, what can you say about it? I think this might be one of the wettest and goopiest movies of the 80s. It's just, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, I don't know, uh, you know how much more you can define body horror than just tell people to watch this movie. Um seeing Brundle like just evolve into a fly creature. Every time I watch the movie, I think it's incredible. Um, I do think it's some of the, the very best like practical effects that have ever been, you know, put on film. Um, and it still manages to be like, you know, for as weird as it gets, like a pretty campy kind of story. It's obviously, you know, a remake of a 1950s film. And I, I think they, that Cronenberg did a great job of keeping some of that feel to it, to where it's not just, you know, completely miserable. It still has some, you know, you know, I don't know, uh, joy to it in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's also just, it's like, it's so economical. I mean, it's like, well, all of his movies are just like 90 minutes on the dot, but like, there's so much, I mean, and it's like one location for the most part. And then just, it does so much with that. And, like, it would be a great stage play if they could get the makeup effects right somehow. Mm-hmm. You just have Bradley Cooper do it with no makeup. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> be wonderful. He, he does that now, right? He does did, what? Uh, 
He did the Elephant Man on Broadway with no makeup. He just like contorted his face. He was like, I'm so good at an actor. I don't need makeup. paid money for that? People did. Oh my gosh. You got to look up pictures. Like he looks like kind of Bradley Cooper. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm going to look it up right now. I have a. can, Can I make a confession first, guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2022 was the first time I watched The Fly. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Did you absolutely love it? It's, it's pretty badass, Carl. Yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, you got people nice. pulling their fingernails off. Like, it just mm-hmm. it doesn't stop, you know? Oh, you got an arm break and an arm wrestling match? I mean, oh yeah, that's true, what's, yeah. what's more to love? Mm-hmm. Gina Davis? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. If they do a stage production and Gina Davis is back, I'm buying tickets. I'm there. Gina is a little too much to love. In a good way, like it's like She's, she oh, could man, drop I, a few points and it's still a ten. Oh, wow. <laughs> little Brantley Palmer growing up, seven, eight, ten years old. Gina Davis, hello, like I was just like a in love with mm-hmm. Gina Davis. Give she me a nice. long kiss, good night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in love with her. I mean, I, you look, I happily married with my wife, who I've been with her twenty years. But gosh, Gina Davis, she's still absolutely gorgeous. I love her. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry to be creepy. Bones, <laughs> you're up with the last pick of the first, but you get the back-to-back with the first pick of the second round. Yeah. I was shocked that Kron, because uh, immediately as you said the thing, I saw Kron fucking mark out number one. I thought he was yep. going to quote it and say, yeah, yeah that will fuck you too. Yeah, that was number one. <laughs> I thought for sure I, that was coming. I had to yeah. sadly cross it off the list. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. This was the position I was sort of hoping for, mm. to be honest, because uh, I, too, had a movie that was taken already, and I knew it would be taken, but I was fine with that if I could get two of the three. Mm. I feel like we might immediately have to go to the council here. <laughs> you guys have, I told have you, gone. Batman 89 is not a yeah, horror it, movie. It does not count. God <laughs> damn it. On here. I, I, have a, I think I know what it might be. Oh, he's got a guess. Yeah. Well, Um, I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun Um, here. I don't want to. I feel like you guys have been pretty dour with your picks. I mean, it is horror, Mm. but uh, horror can still be fun. Uh, You can counterbalance it, and I don't think any movie does it better than 1984's Ghostbusters. I think the Um, horror in Ghostbusters is scary. I think, obviously, the humor is... A plus. So I have to ask the council: Do you consider Ghostbusters to be a horror movie? So I'll just jump Does in. It you are you are yourself a commissioner, so I'm assuming you're voting to yes, say it is. So right. it's going to come down to Dan and Cron ultimately what their votes say. Uh, you know, if one sides with you, it's in. If they both say no, it isn't. Uh, but I'm going to leave it up to the commissioners because Nick and I we're just teams drafting here. We have no say. Uh, I mean, I think it's horror comedy. I I would probably say it leans a lot more into the comedy aspects. And but I admit I mean, that. I mean, sure, you've you've got ghosts. I mean, if anything, it's to me, it's like the horror movie you watch when you're uh, you know seven years old that makes you more interested in the genre in the first place. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll let it go through. Like I said, I do think it's more comedy than horror, but I think there's enough horror elements in there that. Sure, why not? 
All right. It's in. Yeah, a lot of kinder trauma does come up in our podcast. So we, you know, oftentimes our guests want Nick or I to be the commissioner. And we tend to be very liberal with our uh, allowances of what is and is not horror. So excellent. And I'll tell you what, as a librarian, seeing that card catalog get all messed up, that's terrifying to me. That's excellent. So, 100% Oh, just the, this, the disorder of it? Oh, the disorder, 100, yep, 100%, yep. And that is, that is my heart pick. Yep. That is, I thought, oh, I could probably pick this up later, but I don't even want to chance it, and I want to just get the discussion out of the way. So, Dan, may I ask if you would, would you have counted it as a horror? I would have, because there are some movies probably that are going to come up here that are more aimed towards the smaller folks, so uh, children, that's what I meant there. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would take Ghostbusters as a as an eighties horror. All right, wonderful. Well, Bones, the first round is concluded, but you are up again, sir, with the first pick of the second round. You are on the clock. Manhunter, 1986. Oh, man. Nice. I I thought that would be going later. Nice. I love it. I knew he'd pick that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of a um, manhead. Man, man. Does he have a manny, a man, man? I'm a man's man. Yeah, you're a man's man. Um, (laughs) I don't agree with that. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about the director. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat it. There's times I'm. I can't decide whether I like Silence more, Manhunter more. I mean, they're so different in styles and delivery. I mean, they're really only connected by a few characters in the lore. But Manhunter is just like, it's just amplified. It's perfect when it needs to be perfect. It's gross when it needs to be gross. I mean, who else could have a guy jumping through a window to Iron Butterfly and it somehow be terrifying? So, uh, yeah, Manhunter, 1986. Fantastic pick. I love it. Should we, uh, I mean, like, we have to ask, which lector do you like better then? Mm. <sighs> this is tough. You don't have to pick. No, nah, I, I just talked to, about this to, uh, or with Dustin Kreft, uh, aforementioned uh, Nerds Geeks in the Kitchen Sink, because um, he had just recently watched it and, like, fell in love and watched it, like, three or four times. In the same week, I think. Brian Cox, he is he is a fucking genius. He is you can he just that phone call scene, it's maniacal, it's terrifying, but he's an asshole. I like a nice lector. And I there's something about the way I mean cool guys call him Tony, uh, plays it, you know, the the courtesy element I think just amplifies whenever he turns it makes it worse, you know? It's like having your uncle yell at you, like, hey, you're normally cool and drunk, and now I got you mad at me? That that hurts more. So, please don't make me choose. It's, no, 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 it's no, no you don't have to Okay. <laughs> now, what would you call someone stalking the director of Manhunter? Manhunter? Stalker? Uh, I don't know. Man. All right. It, it works. <laughs> Move on. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh well cron you are now on the clock here with your second pick yeah so i know i'm kind of down to two things here uh i know that there's one that i probably should put here um 
that I'm going to lose if I don't. Mm. But I'm going a different direction. Uh, I'm going to put on from 1987 Hellraiser by Clive Barker. Um, I don't think people give this movie enough credit for how completely bonkers the plot of it is. Like, this is a movie where a guy is... uh, so into his weird kink that he conjures demons from another dimension. Uh, and he can only come back when blood gets spilled into his house. He's able to somehow reanimate himself. But while that's going on, he kind of thinks, maybe I should try to bang my own niece. Uh, it is a completely insane plot. Um, I think it has really weird visual elements. Like, there's just so much going on in this movie that I probably watch it, you know, I mean, not, not a ton, but it's like every, I don't know, three to four years when I rewatch this movie, I'm always like, man, that is so weird. Like, how do people not just, how is this not on the top list of like bizarro weird flicks, you know? So, um, I think it's entertaining. It's got some weird visuals, um, and some really crazy gore too. So yeah, I think it deserves to be a number two. Why not? I love it. Great pick. Hellraiser is one of those movies too that like I when I first saw it, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was so disappointed. And every time I revisit it, I like it more. And I really like Hellbound also. I think Hellraiser mm-hmm. 2 is just like, it's got way more cheesy effects and stuff, but it's a little bit, I mean, it's got some really surreal visuals too. I don't think they get enough credit either. And Pinhead is like a great character because he's not, he's like not necessarily a villain. He's just, he's just there. With the rest of the Cenobites. Yeah, yeah, it's a good series. I I mean, well, no, it's not. It's two good movies and then a bunch of shit. But Yeah. yeah. Good choice. Yeah, I did a I did a rewatch for this and I would it's been a long time and I was like, damn, yeah, this movie is fucking badass. Like just the blood is so red and it's just got like a layer of fucking wetness as Bones said about the fly. So Oh, that was chronic. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. a Quran? Yeah. I didn't say anything. Yeah, about I'm. Fly. I'm trying to pick up goopy movies on this on this draft, dude. Yeah, he loves the goop, man. I'm not sure how close we all are in age, um, but Hellraiser to me was like a playground movie. It was a movie that like nobody really saw at that age, but we talked about it. Like Hellraiser's fucking creepy, man. Like my older brother, like it. Yeah. So it had uh, this lore, like this mythology, before I ever got around. To seeing a single frame of it yeah i was gonna say that's like an, like an older sibling told you about it yeah kind of movie like sister or brother yeah and then you're just like secondhand telling what happened in it to everyone yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember watching it for the first time and being like i probably watched it a little too young and was just like <laughs> creeped out and also had like repressed catholic stuff about her i was like uh this is scary <laughs> like at the end when he's just like all hung up on chains and it's like is it Jesus wept, right? Yeah, is what he G- says? Jesus wept is what he says. <laughs> I was just like, this is fucked up. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. It's terrifying to me. Uh, yeah, no, great pick. I love it. I was riding uh, bikes with a kid, and he was trying to explain to me the plot of Seven. And then he, he got to... And then there's a picture of this like thing, and it looks like your thing, but like... And I was like, what? He's like... But it's got like it's like sharp, you know. I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" Like, I was too—I didn't know what a dildo was or a strap-on was. Like, how could it be like my thing? 
So four years, five years later, when I finally saw Seven, I was like, that's what Jared was trying to explain. <laughs> like, I really wasn't even creeped out. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it's confusing when you're yeah. that young, having no idea what <laughs> what exactly they're talking about. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, okay, I'm on the board here with my second round pick. Uh, okay, I'm between two, but I think I got to take one of them over the other because it's going to disappear before I do uh, come up again. And I'm going to take uh, The Evil Dead 2. Uh we actually were just talking about that on the last podcast, right, uh, Nick? I mean, when talking about cinematography, I mean, just how... We definitely talked about the first one. No, we talked right about the first one. Yeah. Sorry, we talked about the first one. Sorry, yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the second one, in many ways, kind of like a remake of the first, but, uh, you know, I, look, I mean, you could go either way with them. I mean, I love the first one, um, but the second one's always had like a little bit more of a special place in my heart because I love that blending of comedy and horror that they have within it. Um, you know, Matt Bronsdorf talked a lot about the, the horror comedies podcast, though, about it and that kind of those quick cuts between, you know, something very funny and then just something terrifying happening. Um you know, I love the visual gags in it when he puts the bucket over the hand and then there's, you know, a farewell to arms at the top of it. Uh, I mean, you name it. It's yeah. I, this happens to me every time we draft stuff. Like I, I'm so busy, like putting together the list that I don't like really figure out and like trying to remember all the stuff I need to do for the podcast. that I don't write down the stuff I should be talking about for <laughs> my picks. But uh, anyway, the evil dead too is my second pick. Are you guys excited for um, the Doctor Strange? I think that's the only thing that intrigues me about is Raimi. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen any yeah. Marvel movie, but I might go see that. You haven't seen any Marvel movies? I think hey. I saw Thor. Welcome oh, to the was... Welcome oh. to the club, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You lucky bastards. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. like I just like how do you even miss them at this point? They're just so like ubiquitous. It's, you know, that's how I miss them, and they're just like noise now. Mm -hmm. um, wow, but it's, yeah, it's it's more work than an aquarium. <laughs> like I know, like what I can't start I, I, now. It, yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't have time to take, watch twenty. It consumes movies. so much of my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the only I seen that, and I was like, well, wait, what? Did I read that right? So, and I'm yeah, really I'm curious because like, it's been a troubled production. I mean, like he wasn't originally slated to direct it, and then he came mm -hmm. in, and I know there have been like rewrites and reshoots, and like. But the trailer looks like a Sam Raimi movie, so I'm like actually really interested. Yeah, I think he, I mean, if anyone's going to be tackling multiverses and all the weird stuff and everything, I think he's the right mind to do it. So I'd be excited yeah. to see what he comes up with. <laughs> now, are you going to feel lost, Nick, if you go to watch it and you haven't seen the 20-something movies that came before it? Probably. Maybe I'll wait until one of you guys sees it and let me know if I can follow it. I don't know. <laughs> Except for Kron. Yeah, don't don't count yeah. on me to make that call. <laughs> I actually think that would be more fun. Kron. It might be. Yeah. Kron, yeah. Kron gets told what the plot is and then like secondhand relays it to Nick. It's like the schoolyard when you're a kid in the horror movies. Yeah. I'm gonna make Kron's, my decision. Kron's the guy that should have like the Marvel movie podcast. Like that's what I would listen to. Where I just guess at what happens yeah. in each of them. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Some guy took off. He flew. And this lady died. And, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, this this actor's playing this character. You know. What do you What do you think happens? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Thor cut his hair. It's weird. <laughs> Dude, every time before I take my wife to go see one, we have to look up a 20-minute, like, catch-you-up YouTube video. Oh, see, I never even every, thought to do that, but that's every the easy time. solution. Every yeah, time, yeah, sense. before Endgame, she was like, wait, what do I need to know? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I can't, yeah, and that's, since then, that's when I figured out, like, oh, I could just have somebody on YouTube do it for me. Why don't they play it before the movie? Yeah. It doesn't like, say much about a 27-movie series that it can be summed up in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. That's true. That would be a great idea, though. But I'm kidding. I mean, obviously, they do that on every show. I had to do that before every season of Game of Thrones. I was just like, all right, someone sum up the yeah, other six true. seasons because I'm not going to rewatch them at this point. So anyway, we're drafting horror movies, uh, and Dan, you are now on the board with your second round pick. All right. I think... I know my other two counterparts have some picks over here, and I guess I'll be nice tonight, just one time. Uh, I think I'm going to take from 1987, directed by Mr. Joel Schumacher. No, it is not Batman Forever, but it's The Lost Boys. And uh, I grew up with this one as well. It's just nostalgia to me. Um, but I thought, I think it's, it's it was a good refreshing vampire movie dealing with, um, I can't even remember the... Where the hell did they move to? The number one killing murder capital of the world. Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, right? Nobody's seen The Lost Boys? It's, I have. Some... I don't remember. It... Yeah, I don't yeah, remember either. It's, it's just... Santa something. I just don't know what it is. It's generic yeah. beach town. I think it's right? Santa Claus, yeah. Dan. Wait. That's it. Yeah. Lost Boys is a Christmas movie? Yeah, Shit. exactly. Don't get that yep. started. Damn. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, you got the goofy grandpa... Uh, you got a great performance by um, old psychopath there. What's his name? Uh, that's the band Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Michael. But yeah, man, uh, just fun times hanging from the train, all that noise. I love it. I like yeah. it. Sexy. Two guys, the sexiest vampire. movie so far. You think so? <laughs> Who would have thought Dan would have picked the sexiest movie this early? Well, now, um, the sexiest now I, guy here. I, mean, I picked Hellraiser. I picked oh, Hellraiser, well, dude. Yeah, yeah, there's a hell of a lot more sex in Hellraiser. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, but it's there's like, a... Hellraiser, there's a lot of sex, but it's the least sexy movie. Like, I, Lost Boys yeah. is way sexier than Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. They could have picked a way sexier lead lady in Hellraiser, I will say that. Well, who is the lead of, the, the, the woman lead that's the Jason Patrick love interest in Lost Boys? I forget her name. Oh boy, we gotta look this up. Just grind everything to a halt, asking like yeah. who somebody was. No, it's definitely right. the most I, '80s movie chosen so far, though. I was, I was gonna oh, yeah. do this. I was gonna do that for all these, and then I realized I had way too much to write down. <laughs> hmm. Jamie Gertz. Jamie yes. Gertz. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's she's gorgeous. And what's the saxophone player's name? We can't oh. can't forget him, right? I just played this the other day, and I can't remember the band's name. Is it I Still Believe? Is that the song he's singing? Uh, Tim Capello? Is it? 
we talked I'm, about I'm it. Looking at ripped yeah, guys yeah, yeah, yeah. with the wet yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's it's Tim Capello. Yeah. Let me see. I can figure out what what band he's in if you want. Hang on a sec. Yeah, I can't. I know we talked about it at work the other day. I mean, the guy and he's like, "You ever seen this?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude." Oh, so he he played saxophone for Tina Turner. Yeah, I think that's his actual band that's performing. I I thought. Yeah, but I'm not, sorry. I'm just waiting for it to load up so I can figure out. <laughs> oh God. Then I mean that text. explains where he learned those moves. Then mm-hmm. if he if he was. Mm-hmm playing behind Tina all those years. Lost Boys has a... I mean, you guys run a video rental store. I think the video rental store in Lost Boys, as I recall, only carries Warner Brothers films. I remember always being distracted by that. Yeah. We don't discriminate. We'll carry whatever. What's the... Oh, okay. Pop band called the Ken Dolls. Okay. Ken Dolls. Yeah. And that is the movie where, like, does Jason Patrick have a, like, a poster of some, like, of of a guy on the wall? What's the guy's name? From fucking Parks and Rec and Wayne's World. Doesn't age. Oh, Rob Lowe? Oh, uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, yeah. (laughs) He's got, like, a sexy poster of Rob Lowe on the wall. You might be right. Is like, that considered um, a smut wall? Careful. We got a running track on our podcast of smut walls. Yeah. So. <laughs> and hot dogs and other stupid mm-hmm. things. Sly Stallone's Playgirl cover. Mm-hmm. That, that is one as well. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was you guys actually will... just about to say. I was going to say, I was going to send you guys. No, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I didn't mean to cut you off. After this. I collect them. So. Oh, beautiful. Coming your way. Playgirl. I'd love it. Thank you. I won't send you that. <laughs> I actually do need to pick up the one that's in The Shining. Just, I mean, it seems... Wait, you're telling me that Sly Stallone's Playgirl is in The Shining? No, 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 not that one. There, But he is reading a Playgirl in the lobby of the Overlook. Okay, that's right. You um, almost broke Dan. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. To, I was about to flip out. I mean, I can't say for certainty that Sly Stallone is not in that issue um, yet, but I'll tell you when I find it. We've done a couple pretty deep dives into Sly Stallone's Playgirl, so I don't okay. think he's in that one. We we It probably would have been on our radar by now, so. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. yeah. But if that's the case. Kubrick put a Polaroid of Stallone in it. Just a loose Polaroid. <laughs> yeah. Was his face in it? No, it's just the cutout of his body. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. that made Nicholson just so upset. Loving it. A ripped Rambo. And he just <laughs> couldn't. I also just love that, you know, just the lobby of the Overlook just has playgirls out that, you know, he can pick up and start flipping through. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a hotel for adults. I mean. Yeah. This country used oh, okay. to be classy. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could smoke in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You won't find that in the Holiday Inn Express now. <laughs> Uh, all right. Hey, well, speaking of The Shining, Nick, you are finally getting the chance to draft another movie after taking The Shining with the first overall pick, and you get the back to back. So, your last pick of the second round here, and then your first pick of the third. All right. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel lame picking it now because you just 
chose Evil Dead 2, but I'm going to pick Evil Dead 1. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Not much to say about that one either. I Honestly, though, yeah. if um, all things being equal, I think I would have chosen it over Evil Dead 2 also. Um, I don't oh, necessarily okay. think it's a better movie. It just, like, again, it just, like, in my own experience, means more to me because of when I saw it and, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Evil Dead 1 on the list. Yeah, I don't know how many of the podcasts you guys have listened to, but Nick and I talk about our history and how we actually met was in uh, orientation in college and I was wearing an Evil Dead winter hat and that's how we started talking because we both loved it and then became fast friends from there. That's right, yeah. Yeah. We owe Sam Raimi so much. This whole podcast. We do. We have to go see the Multiverse of Madness now. We owe him that much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I, all right. I'm not sure about number three. Uh, I think, let's see. I can cross this off the list. You guys chose the fly. Damn it. Um, I'm going to choose the changeling. Um, I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, and, uh, I actually think that, is that 80 or 81? That might be the first, that might've come out before the shining. I can't remember. I think it might be 1980. I think it was 80. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the changeling is, is like, if you were to ask me for like the prototypical sort of like Gothic ghost story, haunted house movie, I would say the changeling every time. I just, I love it. It doesn't like, it's simple. doesn't break any of its own rules by like, rewriting what ghosts can and can't do midway through the movie like so many things these days it's just like it's just a great haunting film um and it's freaking terrifying i still like it it's still i've seen it so many times it still scares me so yep changeling great pick and that'll do all it right for me. dan you are now on the clock with your third round pick sir I think it's time, gentlemen, I think it's time (laughs) from uh, one of the greatest years in the 80s horror, 1985, uh, Demons from 1985. It's in a a movie theater. It's got characters after character after character. Yeah. and demons, man. Practical effects are amazing. The shots, the lighting. It's great. It's a fucking blast. Who who doesn't love demons? Now I have not seen great Demons pick. 2. Is that I, I I loved Demons. Is it worth seeing the second one? That's Demons 2. I've only seen Demons 2, thanks to Dan. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. I've seen it's... them both, but many, many years happened between those viewings. <laughs> Two is worth just watching for, so it's, we joke about this, it's an Italian movie in English filmed in Germany, so it's very confusing, but that there's a whole subplot with uh, a gym inside this building, so all of the meatheads and the physical trainer that get involved fighting the demons, that's the best part of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. All right. Well, now I gotta check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That's not worth it. Yeah, it's essentially 
Demons and Demons 2 are basically the same. One's in a theater. The second is in an apartment building. So mm. almost the same story. There's there's a few differences, though. So that's why I took Demons. I mean, if you guys would love to take Demons 2 in this draft, go ahead. I, I will not mind. <laughs> I, I will say I did see Demons 1 for the first time in a theater at like... 2 a.m. probably so that was a great way to watch demons one oh, nice. that sounds is I that mean, like one of those all night horror marathons or something yeah they did uh they do a thing uh i live in nashville but they do a thing called 12 hours of terror out here and yeah nice. usually um i think it's like 10 p.m to 10 a.m the next morning so oh, yeah. nice I have, you like just the right amount of delirious. Yeah. You know, from the, that late. Yeah. yeah Two a.m. I mean, and it's it was definitely something I probably did. Uh, you know, nine years ago at this point, it's uh, it's getting harder and harder to <laughs> to go to the horror all nighter each year. So, but they are. It's a ton of fun, and yeah, of course, yeah. you know, just uh, kind of being in a haze while watching demons in a theater, a movie that takes place in a theater was it was a good way to watch it. Nice. That's great. Uh, all right. I'm on the board here. Round three. Um, I'm going to stick in the dead realm and I'm going to take George Romero's day of the dead, uh, with my third round pick. Um, I always loved, uh, Dawn of the dead more for the longest time. And I don't know what it is where, as I've gotten older, the more and more I've rewatched the trilogy or, watched day of the dead i it just has grows so much every time i watch it and um i I love it you know we've talked already on this on this you know podcast about like you know the the really the first three movies in that franchise and like the different things that they deal with and the the you know uh, cultural critiques that they have for that time with you know dawn is consumerism and things like that and the 80s is like reaganism and the military industrial complex and uh it's just fantastic the practical effects in it are wonderful uh bub is great you know i mean i just i love what they were doing building on the lore that had come before it you know it's funny because like every you know night and dawn and day they're all telling these different stories but all sort of you know revolving around this major event so there's not like the same continuity you would get in other franchises but in terms of like the critique and what Romero's doing it's that same kind of I guess continuity in that sense you know like with his vision and and dealing with this different you know you know group of people and and the different things they're dealing with uh in that time I I I love it and um, I'm taking Day of the Dead excellent choice yeah that's your number three right we're on the third yeah yeah third round yeah my list is dwindling so quickly (laughs) You had demons on there? I actually do have demons on there. Ah, awesome. Yeah. I basically just wrote down every movie um, from the 80s that I've both seen and like respect enough to <laughs> talk about on this podcast. But there weren't enough that I'd be like, oh, that's definitely a, one of my favorite horror movies. There are very few from the 80s that I could count on that list. But demons is great. Yeah. Cron. You, sir, are on the board. You're on the clock. I keep saying on the board tonight. You're on the clock with your third round pick. All right. I think uh, for round three, I'm going to go with A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original from 1984. 
uh, of course, directed by Wes Craven. Uh, I honestly think this might be, uh, if we're just talking like an idea for a horror movie, this might be one of the best because it is so universally, you know, uh, applicable to everybody. Like everybody has had a bad dream. Everybody's had a dream that feels, uh, like it's real life. Um, and that's just such a interesting idea for a horror movie. And I think, uh, kind of having Freddie, like they definitely jump the shark pretty early and go way too far as they get into that franchise. But having a slasher that is, you know, talking to you and antagonizing you, it was such like a different approach to it that I think that first movie still really holds up. I mean, I, I it's like one in three and then you're kind of into like uh, uh, uncharted waters, you know, where it just kind of becomes a free for all. But it's kind of like those two are, I, I think, still hold up really well. So, and especially the first one, there's some great, um, you know, the like the glove coming up through the water and just uh, tons of like images that I feel like are burned in. Uh, Freddie with those like super long arms in that alleyway, you know, cutting the metal. Um, there's just a ton of stuff that kind of, I probably saw, this was maybe one of the first horror movies I saw, you know, as a, I don't know, like eight or nine year old and just like blew me away then and I still think it's interesting now. They talk about that a lot in in that Nightmare documentary because I guess Wes Craven was reading a lot about sleep paralysis when he uh, came up with that idea. Um, I love that movie and uh, and New Nightmare is incredible too. That's actually one of my favorite movies. But that was like 93, right? So I can't pick it. Oh, yeah. I I guess when I say after part three, they go into strange territory, I do mean just through 89. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They they kind of bring it or back around at some point, but uh, the rest of the 80s is kind of, you know, rough times for that franchise. Yeah. What was the first one? Was 84? Is that what you said? Yeah. 84 for, you know, part one. I always forget how late in the 80s that came out. I mean, it was the yeah. first half, but like all the slasher franchises have been established. And yeah, it's amazing that there almost. was like that original event. Well, yeah, almost. <laughs> Nick, I know you said when Lost Boys was picked that it was like the most '80s so far. I feel like Nightmare gives it a run for its money. Like a lot of just like the bedrooms and the clothes, TV. the school. Like it's just so uh, Johnny Depp's little pleated pants. Him watching TV on the bed, like nobody's ever done that before. Like, I, I don't know. That's I can't not think of the '80s when I when I think of Nightmare. Like, even though he can't, what Freddy vs. Jason was two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. So, good representation of Freddy, I'd say. Like, much better than some of those mid level, like Dream Child. I could do without. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I actively dislike Dream Child. I think it's a very gross movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's nasty. Uh, but yeah, and I do like in this first one, he's just, he's like more sinister. He doesn't get that goofiness that he gets in later. Uh, I mean, he's a little bit. He's chopping off his fingers like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the green slime squirting out of it and everything. But I mean, he is, you know, it's a little darker. It's a little more edgy, uh, Freddy, I guess. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. Uh, Bones, you are on the clock with your third round pick, and then you will get the back to back with the first pick of the fourth round. 
think some of the most effective horror movies are ones that we talked about earlier with uh, American Werewolf. Um, these these weird switches, you know, throughout the movie, throughout the plot, you're making turns you don't really anticipate. Um, I think this movie is the ultimate, like, first half, what is this? Second half, oh, it's abundantly clear what you're watching. Um, it's just awesome to ask the question, all right, a slasher movie, killing all these campers, killing drug users, killing kids having sex. What if you put the ultimate fucking slasher against the ultimate fucking badasses? And how terrifying would that be? We're going to the jungle for John McTiernan's 1987 Predator. Nice. Excellent. I think to take to take Arnie, who is like at his peak, and then, I mean, you can't really put him up against another human. You got to put him up against an alien at this point, right? So, yeah. and you pick, you, they just developed a terrifying creature who sadly, their lore has just been diluted and destroyed. Um, but the movie is absolutely terrifying. It's got some great kills, some great effects. It's like, it, it amps you with machismo and then immediately cuts your balls off. You know, it's it, I love it. Ventura could have took Arnold. He's way bigger. Come yeah, on. of course. I mean, the whole movie is just big dudes. So, yeah. like, every guy in it is. It's a macho film. Living in the gym. So. <laughs> I'd like to see the heart of darkness of that movie. <laughs> Jesse Ventura off to the side be like, why won't they put me next to Arnold? They're too scared. I'm going to make him look tiny. I can't do a Ventura, guys. I'm sorry. Isn't that what he talks about all the time, though? How they never let him be in the same frame as Arnold because Arnold looked too small compared to him? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Arnold really is a lot shorter than you think he is. Um, Yeah, he's like 6'2". Well, he's listed as 6'2". Some people debate whether he he was. Yeah. Ventura is a huge guy. Um, but I, what I like too is like Carl Weathers, he like ripped wise, he almost puts Arnold to oh, shame. Yeah. Like, um, then you got that some other shake high five. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill Duke's not a bodybuilder, but he's terrifying. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. who's the guy that, uh, like shaves his head while they're hanging out in the jungle? Bill Duke, that's Mac. That's okay. Duke. He's okay. just shaving yeah. all the time. Yeah. That guy looks scary sometimes in oh, that yeah. movie. Yeah. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. <laughs> you want me to just go ahead and get us in a yeah, round Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. that's all right. I didn't want to you know, cut anybody off. Yeah, no, go for it, man. Yeah, you got your fourth round pick now. Um, I mean, these franchises... People wanted them together. Eventually, they came together. It didn't really work. But I think this movie is an absolute testament of action and horror. Uh, 1986, Aliens. Oh. So that's what I thought you were saying when you 
picked Ghostbusters in uh, the first round. I thought that's the one you you didn't know if it would fall with things. It's a bit more of like an action sci-fi than horror like the first Alien. Or, right. But I love Aliens too. I think it's a fantastic film. Do I need to go to the council? Kron, you're nodding. Dan? Oh. Uh, agree it's okay it's good to go man <laughs> okay just making sure now i because there's stuff in aliens that i think is almost scarier than anything in alien i mean when they look All up right. that vent i mean that's mm-hmm. just absolutely terrifying um it doesn't have the dreariness really of the first one it doesn't have that you are alone in space um but again, I think anything, anytime you're dealing with like supposed badasses and they're just getting wiped out, it's such a bummer. Um, yeah. Which one of you took Ripley in the in the hero draft? Oh, good question. I can't remember. Was that, was that, I, it wasn't me. Nick? I don't remember no. if I did either. I thought you did, Brantley, because I remember being like, fuck Maybe yeah. Maybe I did. Yeah, yes, yes. Maybe I, mean, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, remember. Taking Sydney in the first round, I think. Yes, which right? I agree with. I thought that. Yeah. First round? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I probably did take Ripley. I, yeah, I don't. I have a bad memory in general, so I'm sorry <laughs> if you ask me to reference our own podcast and I don't know. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I feel you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember either, but that sounds right. Yeah, I remember you did Sydney, and I think you did do Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's fantastic. I mean, when she gets in the freaking loader there, I mean, then he's just like, "Oh, it's on, let's go." I mean, it's it's Cameron. He can't do no. any wrong. I mean, it's it's a bummer. Like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We're yeah, we'll still see. alive. Avatar still making five. It's gonna blow your fucking mind, dude. Uh, has anybody watched Avatar lately? Not since the theater. Yeah. I think I caught it on like TBS one time and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember I drove, dragged my wife to see it and I was like, yeah, come on. And cause I was excited to see it. And then I was just like, oh man, this is not <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. And I looked over and I thought my wife was like, I don't know, like laughing at how ridiculous it was. No, she was crying. She was really into it. <laughs> so she ended up liking it a lot more than I did. <laughs> I was super but, uh, into it. Yeah, the th- I thought the 3D was great. I mean, that's the bummer is you can't you don't get that effect at home. So, I yeah, felt the no, same the way. 3D effect was great. Yeah, the way that it was filmed and the use of 3D was fantastic. I mean, story wise, I just I wasn't so I wasn't there. With so that. I hope he's learned from that. I hope he's learned mm-hmm. that okay, people aren't going to be able to see this in a cinema. They're probably going to watch this at home. So yeah, I'm hoping that now that that you know the lore has been established he can just go like right into it with avatar 2 and we get like a meteor movie um i don't know we'll see the thing yeah. is i didn't really care about pandora and that's like he's, he's like yeah. all in on pandora for like 18 more movies or whatever he's promised so i don't know we'll see i don't know how many stories you can tell there but i do remember the special effects being like i remember walking out of the theater and being like oh man this is like imagine you went to go see gone with the wind but they accidentally played the matrix like yes that's what it felt like to me and then i was like but he just shot himself in the foot because i'm never going to want to see this film again i just i just hope before part two somebody makes one of those 20 minute catch you up videos because i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't tell you hardly anything about the plot of 
of part one. Well, that's a detriment to the movie because it is such a generic white savior story. Like it, you, it is a thing that I could give you a few hints and you would write it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, so he becomes like the ultimate in their culture. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was like the the message board joke that it's like, oh, it's like Fern Gully in space. Oh, it's Dances with Wolves in space. It's you know, it's like Last Samurai insert, in space. Yeah. yeah, insert any white savior movie you know in space. Yeah, but strangely. Go ahead. Put down in a category white savior. I think that'd go over all right. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah, that's an off-pod conversation. <laughs> one, oh, one I didn't say was Back in Black, which is period pieces starring a black lead. Okay. Like a, like a was the, um, oh, was it like Rosewood and like, okay. uh, Hoodlum, what was the? Was Bing it? Rames? Mud, mud bound. Yeah, Ving Rhames is is uh, oh, and then Hoodlum with Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Posse. you know, like those. Two, I don't know. I guess the new Magnificent Seven would count. You know. Anyway, sorry not to go back to more of those. Uh, I, dude, ones I was uh, right. Twenty in. more. Email them over. <laughs> We're good. All right, I will send you the list after this is over. Uh. Well, not to slow us down any further, Kron, sir, you are on the board with your fourth round pick. All right. So, you know, my my first round pick was going to be the thing that was gone, uh, but I at least want to get a Carpenter on my list. And we've already kind of brought this one up. I think I'm going to go with Christine, his movie, right after the thing. Um, I think it's a super interesting movie. It manages to to basically be like a maniac car movie without being completely stupid or hokey. Like it is actually interesting. It actually builds tension and atmosphere. It's got a great score to go along with it. Um, And I think there are just some cool shots, you know, like the car driving down the street, like on fire, basically. Um, There's a ton of stuff to like about Christine. And I feel like uh, in a, in like a less seasoned director's hands, that movie could have easily, um, it could have been like, I, I need to make this feel too much like me. Like this needs to feel like a Carpenter movie and it doesn't feel like a Carpenter, you know, he doesn't like press on the scale too much with, you know, to make it fit his mold. He kind of just is like, you know, I'm going to be a, a day guy on this film. I'm going to come out. I'm going to, I know where to put the camera. I know how to shoot it. I know how to make the movie look good. And that's kind of what he does. He just kind of, you know, services the film, how it needs to be rather than trying to put his influence into it. So yeah, Christine. Man. Nice. He really is like the perfect guy to do it because if it was anybody trashier, the movie would focus way too much on that stuff and there'd be no emotional stuff. If it was anybody too good, like Spielberg is a bad example, I think you'd have so much character stuff that the car stuff would seem lame. Like he just there's something about Carpenter where it's it's perfect. I couldn't think of anybody else to to have directed that. Now Brantley, your awesome research mm-hmm. this week has been fun to go through. Like how has this compared to some of the other ones that you've been researching? Like Well, this one was 
uh, this one's the first one that there was like a book on the making of, which was really great. So like I was able to like go through that where he interviewed a bunch of the people involved in the process. And, um, you know, like that with the three making of features that like they were on the Blu-ray, but they were also already on YouTube, which was nice that I could like link to those and everything. And the commentary that Carpenter did with, um, um, Keith Gordon, um, they go, they talk about a lot of stuff too, which is great. Actually, speaking of, um, evil dead and, and Sam Raimi, he visited the set of Christine, uh, right out. This would have been right after he had done evil dead. And uh, Carpenter talks about it on the commentary, which was funny. He goes, uh, yeah, he was a nice kid. <laughs> and uh, But Christine is, like, really interesting because there's, like, a... It was very streamlined how quickly it came out. And, you know, they, they the, a lot of the stuff I, I sent to the guys, like, you know, they, they turned in the script in February. Three days later, it's greenlit. They're shooting by April, and it's in theaters by December 9th. Like, that's just, wow. that's insane how fast that, like, production went. And, you know, you've got a bunch of stunts. You've got to find 24 of these cars, to, you know, cannibalize them to make 17 working versions of it. You know, you got to smash it up into all these different scenes. you got to set it on fire for a bunch of scenes. You know, you're doing all this crazy stuff, running it over with a bulldozer. And, you know, you've got all that going on. And yet somehow you're able to turn it around that quickly is truly... Uh, truly crazy and uh carpenter uh i think it is funny because he's just kind of like a jobber on it he's just like you know he just took it because he needed a job his stock was low after the thing which is again crazy to think about um and he he was going to be on the Firestarter film but when universal cut the budget from 27 million to 15 million he walked because he's like well i'm not doing that so then they ended up selling it off to de la rentis to produce it but yeah i mean it was just like he just hopped onto another stephen king adaptation and turned in like a phenomenal uh product because i think it was great I, I agree with everything you're saying cron it was really well done and um like really great exploration of like male friendship and like toxic masculinity and everything and i thought they did a, a phenomenal job with it he was very scared every time they were doing stunts he, he said he's, he gets wicked nervous when they do stunts. And so all the car stuff he was like really worried about. So when the guy, one of this, so the, when they're, the car's on fire, right? When it's like both pulling out of it, uh, the, the shop, uh, the gas station and like driving down the road. First off, all the windows are blacked out. So the stunt guy on the inside can't see anything. The car's on fire, which is causing it to stop working constantly because it's like overheating. And the stunt guy inside can only be in there for a certain amount of time because he's got an oxygen tank with him and everything. So they can only have him in there for like however many minutes before they have to stop and like reset it up again over and over. So when the guy backs out of the gas station on fire, he has no idea what's going on. He can't see anything. And it like stalled out like right after he backed out. So he like just barely like made the cut getting out of the... uh, 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 you know the the gas station and everything. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's well. It's so crazy to hear that there were like, did you say twenty four cars? Because it is, it yeah. is like every time I watch it, the like at some point, you know, maybe halfway to two thirds through the movie, I just think like, man, they had to go through so many of these cars, like, because they just yep. destroy it and it, you know, it comes back brand new and. They go through it mm-hmm. so many times where you're just like, how did they find them all? You know? 
And that's why they shot the assembly line sequence that's at the very beginning of the movie, like, as the first thing, because they'd gotten 17 working versions of the car. And so they're like, let's show them while they're nice and pristine before they get, like, wrecked and damaged, basically. (laughs) Uh, And then, um, yeah, they would have, like, you know, part of the garage that uh, Roy, uh, what's his name, Robert Prosky, like, uh, runs there. That part of the other half of it, like they were literally working on it during the day because they were doing night shoots a lot of the time. So they'd wreck a car during the day, try to fix it and bang it out to like look presentable, you know, during the day until they were shooting again the next night. So yeah, they were kind of going around the clock there. That tidbit that it was the first movie to use bat of the bone mm-hmm. was crazy. Like, yeah, you just assume that song's been in every other movie. <laughs> yep since so (laughs) yeah because that had just come out in 82 while it was like um i guess being written and everything and uh and then they bought the rights to it like very quickly uh they're like are you sure you want it in they're like yeah he's like all right let's do it quick before it gets really popular basically wow (laughs) and they actually so they didn't make the film but the the writer the screenwriter bill phillips and george thorogood shot like a little scene at the very end you know when the they drop christine into the little square of it that's all smashed up uh they were both there as like guys who worked at this um salvage yard and then they said bill phillips said his acting was so horrible they had to cut it out of it so that's why it never made it into the into the film well anyway here i am blathering on i I Uh, loved every second of it okay (laughs) All right, so I'm on the board here in the fourth round. Uh, all right, I think I got to go to the commissioners. Because I know what pick I want to make, but I don't know if people will think it's horror enough. Uh, it's another John Carpenter in the 80s. It's perhaps one of my favorite John Carpenter films, uh, even though I took the thing in the first round. I'm going to go They Live here in the fourth round. But I got. I think I feel like I got to throw this up to the commissioners to get a vote if if that is considered horror. Uh, I'll make my vote easy because Dan at one point texted me and said, "They live." Is it horror? And I said, uh, "A one hundred percent yes." Nice. It's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are still you guys are still texting. Oh yeah, we text outside of the five day rentals text. Okay. We we have a cool. very detailed. Uh, text of all the stuff you said on our podcast and just how we feel and we might present it to you one of these we're starting another pod dude yeah we've already got picked up by um eardrum i don't fucking know brantley nick you guys need a third (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. why not yeah (laughs) they live absolutely as a as a horror movie for sure and all right and absolutely a great movie so yes Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Man, I met Roddy Roddy Piper at a horror convention. That dude could not be friggin' nicer. I walked up to him, and he's like, Oh, man, what you been doing, moving houses? And Because <laughs> I was just like a bigger guy, and so he just thought I must have been doing something really physical and whatever. And uh, super, super nice. And Jesus Christ, is there a better line in all of film history than uh, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum? I mean, dang. Um, I love the satire and the, the critique of society and consumerism. I mean, 
Jeez, I feel like a broken record talking about that and Dawn of the Dead uh, in the same draft, but uh, I, I love it. And uh, is this, I don't know, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Is this like Carpenter's last like truly phenomenal horror film? I don't know. No, I, I think, well, I, I really like In the Mouth of Madness a lot. I do too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's really good and it's, you know... New Hampshire connection. Well, right? like, that helps. Yeah, maybe that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's got that local flavor. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I yeah I don't know something about it in the mouth of madness has always I've always I've I have a really guilty pleasure. Vampires is so much fun, but yeah, no, I wouldn't call vampires a <laughs> phenomenal horror yeah. film. It starts so strong. I tried though, to watch right? that. It again. does. The opening yeah, starts is start incredible. So strong. Yeah. It's got Bon Jovi, right? Second one does. That's second the sequel, one. right? Oh, yeah. That's the yeah, second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> James, James Woods is the star of the first uh, one. Okay. And, and I one think of the Tommy Lee ones. Wallace did the second one. Direct, <laughs> so Tommy Lee Wallace did the second directed one? the second one, I believe. Okay. Oh, which is okay. interesting. It makes me want. I haven't seen it. I have it never seen it. Yeah. There's a uh, the thing that always bums me out, and they live is the scene where he's trying to get work. And oh, yeah. the just the sadness of like he just genuinely does want a job like the guy, and the woman has no time for him. Like that's it mm-hmm. bums me out every time. It's yeah. it's so cathartic. I think by the time he gets to like just fucking murdering people, he builds it up. Like you're yeah. d- absolutely on his side, which makes that ending so great. He just right he's into the last line. Just fuck it. <laughs> just- yeah. Blows it up at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the oh, Jesus, thing, that fight scene. Oh, man. The thing I really... Sorry, Kron. Oh, you're good. The, th- the thing that I like about this is, uh, I mean, I'm glad that they live never got, like, co-opted by a, a weird sect of people because, uh, you know, like, the... <laughs> The Matrix, you've got people running around talking about getting red-pilled and whatnot, and I think it would be so easy to do with They Live, and I'm just so happy. Like, every day I wake up, and I'm like, I'm happy it didn't happen yet, and, you know. (laughs) Fuckers wearing sunglasses. Yeah, there's nobody, uh, you know, talking about how they've got their shades on and can see through everything, so. Be the change you want to be, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like they they live still gets still gets to be uh, our our movie, so it's it's good. I'm glad that <laughs> no one has twisted it to uh, a terrible thing yet. Yeah, there weren't a lot of guys in flannel and uh, storming the Capitol, you know, with sunglasses and exactly. I think um, that movie Dark Water is like QAnon. They they took up Dark Water. I don't know if you guys are really? QAnon members. <laughs> No, <laughs> see, I knew I knew they were all weird. about white squall. Yeah, that one, and I think Dark Water too is one that they like. I don't. I read something one time, and it was I was like, okay. "Isn't that that fucking Jennifer Conley movie that like?" Oh, I was embarrassed to ask. I was like, "What you mean the Jennifer yeah. Conley Dark Water, the remake of that Japanese?" Yeah, yeah I uh, think so. Why? I think why that's that also movie? A, I can't fucking remember. I watched that HBO Into the Storm or whatever Q. Yeah, and I, I it was referenced on there, and I was like, "It's like a she moves into an apartment and shit." I'm like, "What the hell does that have to do with anything?" And there's a de- so, that is literally the last movie I that I would have guessed. It. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, White Squall Two is one of them as well. 
that they yeah. I guess that's the where we go to. all we go one yeah that's yeah. where the, the their theme comes from I love Q and so I guess we just gotta worry so it's just the uh, oh <laughs> I'm not a member only care about a aquatic based horror or aquatic based <laughs> film so I guess Deep Rising will probably be the next one and you know hey, something th- from there they're coming yeah. for you the abyss watch yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad it it makes the the cut and uh, uh, yeah, they live. Uh, Dan, you are now on the clock in the fourth round. Oh man, time's just flying by, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> what should I do here? I think this one. I'm kind of surprised it's still on the board, but I'll do it here now. Um, from 1985, directed by Mr. Stuart Gordon, the genius himself, reanimator, gentlemen. Um, so much fun. Let Jeffrey Combs do, just write the guy a blank check and let him do whatever the fuck he wants, okay? Because uh, if I could choose Castle Freak, I would, but I can't. That was 1990, I believe. But uh, reanimator. Like I said, I mean, what else can you say about it besides uh, buy it on 4K and watch it on your PS5? I mean, I that's that. Yeah. Open up, gentlemen. What do you got to say about it? Uh, I mean, it's pretty. Oh, definitely on my list. Ahead. Oh no, sorry. You, you after you. <laughs> Okay, I was just going to say, I mean, I think all the, um, I love the the Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, uh, Stuart Gordon, like their trilogy that they did together. Um, I wish they had just kept making movies together because every single one of them is different, but every single one of them is fun and watchable. So, Cron, are you going to mention some of those other movies? Probably not. Well, we've already talked about smart? Castle Freak. There's... There's still one that's eligible, so I don't want to, you know, say too much. But, um, but me and Dan both love Castle Freak. We've watched it uh, too many times to comfortably talk about on this podcast. So, um, yeah, that's all I'll say have, about that. Have yet to cover it, though, on our own show. We'll get there. Yeah, Reanimator is absolutely fantastic. Um I love it. Uh, Jesus. I, I, I remember wrote, I wrote a piece for it years ago, de- probably a decade, more than a decade ago now, for this little indie mag called Paris Cinema. It was one of my first, like, I guess, publications I did. Uh, anyway, I, don't, I honestly don't remember what I wrote that piece. I was trying to, like, call back to it and be like, what was something I wrote that was, sounded smart and academic, and I can't think of it right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love it. And, uh, I mean, it's just so much, like, great humor in it mixed with like the you know gore and and everything i yeah reanimator is fantastic i mean any movie that shows a guy throwing a zombie cat against a wall i'm all for it (laughs) you have a cat yeah what's it come back like three times (laughs) cat dead (laughs) details later yeah yeah it comes back so many times (laughs) yeah yeah, wonderful pick. Yeah, love that movie. Nick, Bad series, though. You, sir. You think so? Well, actually, I've only seen... Well, have, there are three of them? Are there three or four? 
Well, there's there's Bride and then Beyond, right? Was there anything after that? Beyond is the one in the prison. I think so. Okay, maybe I've not seen Bride, so actually I can't I can't count on the whole series. But yeah, Beyond is not not my favorite. But I do believe I think Brian Usna did both of those, right? He's like I think spearheaded that entire series. I think that's I know he at least did Bride, but I gotta look into that again, yeah. Yeah. I have the internet in front of me. I guess I could look it up, (laughs) but I'm just gonna say yeah, that's yeah. Bride's good, but I think budget I don't I don't know. There's I think there was a good movie there, but I think budget was a big part of that, so I think it's everywhere streaming, like on every platform. So you don't have to get to it tonight, guys, or anything. <laughs> no, it's, it's it is on my list though. I've never seen it. Sorry, I'm actually just looking it up now. I was joking before, but now I am really curious if he did both. He did Bride of Reanimator. And he did do Bride. Yeah, did he did Beyond. both. Bride and okay. Beyond. Okay, yep. I thought so, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. What else would I know him from? Society. Uh, society. <laughs> yeah, society. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> society, is Society 89 or 90? 89. Think, oh, so, okay. 89. I won't say anything about Society. It's eligible. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Well, actually, so Nick, perfect opportunity to segue if that's what you want your next pick to be, because you're on the board. Oh, it's definitely not, your... but that would be that would have been a perfect <laughs> segue. Um, perfectly fine movie, back. I'm sure. Maybe it'll come up. Um, but no, I uh, yeah, back to back. Let's see. Um. Okay, I'll pick two of the most '80s movies on my list. Just I, I think the rest of my list might be safe, so. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, Return of the Living Dead, Dan O'Bannon, Return of the Living Dead. Um, I don't, I don't, it's funny, it's gory, Tarman is amazing. I mean, what, there's, I think that's another film that's really blossomed. Like, if you go on Instagram and you're in, like, the tape community, Return of the Living Dead must be, like, one of the most posted VHS tapes on Instagram. People love that movie, still, um. Oh, Brian Usna also did the third one, which I, is another I hated too. But Return of the Living Dead three is a lot of fun. So I don't know. I think it's funny. Uh, it's good. They got sued from uh, George Romero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we talked that came up before in one of our other episodes, and and I remember you're like, oh yeah, didn't they mention Night of the Living Dead at the be- in the in it, and they got sued, and I didn't remember it but now i remember what they're they're like oh yeah it happened to like outside pittsburgh or something like that. they were basically like talking about the events that w- were in night of the living dead i think they mentioned it by and name so i think that was it i think the guy's Did boss really? was like yeah you ever seen that movie night of the living dead and like the entire oh, movie is just okay. based on the premise that that really happened gotcha it's been a while since i've seen Me it too, so to I, didn't, I didn't remember them just calling it by I think name they do it's been a while I- too I think that does yeah. happen. I I kind of rewatched yeah. it uh, at least the first probably thirty minutes for you know preparing for this. So um, I think they do call it out by name at the very beginning. Hmm. I do like what they do with Return of the Living Dead with the new take on zombies, which is they eat because they're just they're trying to stop the pain, and even after they're dead, they're just like when they have that like old woman strapped. Oh to right, the, you know, thing it's just like what did she the say? Top like, of the, the old pain woman. or it hurts. Yeah. 
or something yeah yeah anyway it's just like oh that's really actually like pretty scary in a fucked up kind of way yeah my favorite part of the movie is just the guys in the warehouse i know that's so lame but it's done so well and the chemistry between the two guys is so great um just the just the three of them going through and like picking stuff and putting stuff in the container and it's like it's like they didn't tell them to cut it's like just go <laughs> just just pretend like you're working in a warehouse um, yeah i'm actually in a legal battle right now with tom matthews and michael dudikoff so i can't really talk oh. about about them i don't really want to go into that um gotcha so well i w- i mean long story I think this is one of this is probably like the horror comedy I would have had on you know my top ten list, um, but I think it works so well because of that opening, that whole scene where he's kind of like, yeah, you know, there was they they found this actual zombie and they made that movie, but it's like the more you listen to that story, it does it gets like creepier and creepier, and it's such a good setup for the movie that follows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think point. it's like, yeah, it's like that whole opening scene is just so well choreographed to make it like both scary and funny for the next, you know, 80 minutes. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. Bones, there is a tar man did graduate from Washington university up there in your fine city. Oh yeah. It's a puppeteer as well. You're welcome, Karan. Got anything to say about that? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Glad we buried that puppet. So, Nick, you said both of these are the most 80s of your picks, so now I gotta know what this fifth round pick is. This is by no means one of my favorite movies, but when I think 80s horror, I think Night of the Demons. Um, and I think uh, seeing that cover at the at the video store, bringing that home... Um, I mean, and it is, it is a ton of fun. It's ter- it's terrible, but it's so much fun. Um, and it's got some truly memorable classic moments. Mm-hmm. Um, the lipstick. The woman. Uh, God, there's a scene at the end where um, I can't remember her name, but she just she says, she says Rod, the character Raj. She says Raj like 19 times in the span of like 20 seconds. She's talking right to him. It's not like she's talking about him in the third person. Uh, it's incredible. One of the best pieces of filmmaking I think I've ever seen. So is it bad writing or bad improv? I think it's great writing and fantastic okay. acting. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. It's a good question. Um, I cannot imagine that any screenwriter sat down and wrote the name Rob that many times on a single right. piece of paper, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, good movie. Haven't seen the sequel. Maybe I should check that out. Oh, there's two. There, I think there's actually there's a third one as well. Yeah, so like they made three Night of the Demons three. movies. Wow. Which is like just two and a half re- more than they should have. Didn't they just remake it? I think Shudder put out. Yes, a they remake, remade it maybe. as well. Yeah, um, within the last like five or ten years, there was a remake. I totally missed the remake. I had no idea they'd remade. They it. just remade Castle Freak like too. I... I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that. What? 
Well, they remade uh, Slumber Party Massacre. I didn't even hear about it until like it was like already being put out on Sci-Fi Channel or wherever it came out. Oh yeah, Witter Entertainment released that. Um, I got the VHS from yeah, them. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, nice, great pick. All right, thank you. Damn, fifth round pick here, sir. All right. Um, I started this off with a werewolf and i think right now i'm gonna insert another one with uh from 1985 gentlemen silver bullet Fuck. directed by daniel addis that is not daniel the one i thought Attias. you were gonna choose addis or Attias, Attias or... maybe yeah i don't know i'm not exactly sure but his only feature film yeah i looked that up the other day and i was like huh. that's crazy um, what a bummer mm-hmm because Silver Bullet is, it's good. It's it's very good. I think. Am I right? Right, guys. It's yeah, good. It's, it's good. It's yeah, good. It's, I think it's, it's great. great. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. All right. I mean, yeah. you got Gary Busey here before. I think it's before the accident, right? I think it's He's still there. Wait, wait. I don't remember. Oh, wait. It, yeah, I think it is before the... I think it was right yeah, after it's, this. It's post the addiction stuff that he was dealing with, but okay. I think it's before the accident, I think. So he's somewhat still there. He's normal Busey, whatever that means. Uh, you got Corey Haim in a wheelchair. That's badass. Uh, you got bottle rockets, baseball bat. I mean, a werewolf preacher. I mean, it's Easter... <laughs> fits perfectly right um so yeah i mean i love it always have based off a stephen king novella so there there you guys have it deal with it a carlo rambaldi creature design yeah and it looks good i mean looks fantastic well it's not as it's such an interesting movie because it's like if you took out all the werewolf stuff, it would be an entertaining like family drama about uh, a kid and his cool uncle building a a wheelchair with a motor in it, you know? And at that time there wasn't really any characters in films represented that had handicaps, you know, I I probably can, there's tweets are going to go off on that one, but the only one I can think of, at least in the horror film, is Friday the 13th Part 2, the, the counselor in a wheelchair yeah. who gets the machete to the face and goes down the stairs. The Elephant Man. Oh, yeah, the Elephant Man. I mean, I'm sure we could think of something. But is it fucked up to call that? A, I mean, I mean, it's terrifying, but... That's your that next pick? Yeah. <laughs> no, on uh, with Gorley and Rust, when they... I think it was Brust who pointed out uh, how cute it is when Corey Haim brings the money into the sister's room to like pay for her stockings oh. that ripped. Like it's it's so real. Like having had a sister and feeling guilty after something. Like it it really it is a truly heartwarming movie that is so good without despite the monster, like you said. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah I love great it. pick. 
Uh, oh, I'm on the board. Sorry. I was just, yeah. Um, okay. What am I going to do to wrap up this first half of the draft? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. It might be a little early for this, but I don't know. We're almost halfway through the draft here, so it's time to grab it. I'm going to take Chopping Mall in the fifth round here. I did not see this until a couple of years ago, and holy hell did I love every friggin' minute of it. I thought it was going to look terrible and be this horrible, you know, pathet- you know, ridiculous movie. And I mean, it's ridiculous, but it actually <laughs> looks fantastic. I love it. I mean, the robots coming to life at the end and just, you know, coming after them. I mean, it's so dumb and ridiculous and yet so fantastic in every single way. Holy hell. Uh, Chopping Mall is my fifth round pick. I love it. Kron, I see you nodding. Oh, you, you like that? It's an pick? incredible pick. I uh, I made both these guys watch it on a VHS tape at some point in their lives, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this one. It, this like I had this. Um, it probably is like an alternate on my list, but uh, mm. this was almost like my, um, you know, like this represents the '80s to me. Pick. It is just. It's a bunch mm. of teens in a mall, like. Um, <laughs> you know deciding to stay there all night and get drunk and uh uh-oh they're killer robots now so it's just so out of left field and um just such a goofy fun time it's like how do you not how do you watch a movie like that and not enjoy it you know yeah i mean the 80s interpretation of what technology was going to be like so soon you know with like these killer robots terminator i mean you name it we can go down the list but it was just i i love what their thought process was on uh what these killer robots would look like. Yeah, fantastic. Did so anybody's did it... Go ahead, Bones. No, I said I was go gonna ahead say first. I'll take it. Uh on Twitter they put a picture up that says there there was a licorice pizza in Chopping Mall. Did anybody see that? No. I thought that was kind of funny. I seen that the other day and it had like the he took a picture of whenever one of the robots is going by one of the stores is called Licorice Pizza. I was like, huh. Did not catch that. Yeah. So can we then derive from this that Paul Thomas Anderson is a fan of the film as well? I think so. I mean. Definitive proof. It's, it's right? probably yeah. like a loose sequel to Chopping Mall. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, sequel or prequel? Because this is set in the 70s, right? For Licorice Oh, Pizza? that's true. That's true. It's probably a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Cooper Hoffman kid's going to start that store in the mall <laughs> in a few years, maybe. Okay, so did they come up with the title Chopping Mall first and then write it? Great question. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it got thrown out in a pitch meeting and then after a couple lines of cocaine, they're like, you know, the script was written in the next couple days. Yeah, it was like Vince McMahon, I think, did it. Yeah, famously. Yeah. yeah, Ian Hulk Hogan wrote uh, what was No it? Holds Barred, no holds like barred in a hotel three room. Three days. Like, yeah, just ripped on cocaine. <laughs> and it shows. I mean, if you were, you know, Immaculate. A, a big wig at one of these film companies, though, and somebody just came in with one sheet of paper that said Chopping Mall on it, I I would green light it immediately. So, yeah, that's that's the second best story right after the james cameron alien story where he just writes alien and then puts 
the S with the dollar sign through it for aliens. And then it's, yeah, you just come in with a sheet, just lay it down, chopping mall. And underneath that is the amount of money you expect them to write you a check for right then immediately. And then, boom, it's written out for you and you're good to go. I mean, what what other horror movies have a better pun? I mean, Shaun of the Dead plays it. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, but nobody wanted him to name it. They all wanted him to change it. <laughs> then, then you got stuff like Rocktober Blood, you know, where yeah. they just kind of... There's a few out here. Yeah, I'm like, there definitely yeah. is. I'm just I can't think of any right now. Well, every podcast this, requires a moment where people are screaming at their phone. Uh, like, the, like you said, like, there's one called Hack O' Lantern. That yeah, that's pretty oh, good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it's from 1988. Cron. Have you seen? Uh, I won't. It might be somebody's pick, so I'm not going to say anything. Hmm. Yeah, I've drawn a blank for any others, unfortunately. Yeah. Which there there are. There's got to be like 20 be, yeah, others exactly. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just let it linger for a little longer so the people screaming at their phones can <laughs> keep doing it a little bit. And then whenever you're ready, Kron, you go ahead and, and make your next pick. All right. It might be a little early for this one, but I think I'm going with Maniac Cop from 1988. Great pick. This is directed by William Lustig. Um, I really think this one was, you know, probably a little bit ahead of its time. Like, I, there's probably no part in history where there was not police brutality, but it seems like the further <laughs> we've gone on and on, the more of, you know, it, it was probably an issue then. It's sadly still an issue now. Um, but it's just such an interesting movie that kind of, dives into that subject i mean you've got a cop in new york that's just laying waste to people at night um and it is kind of you know i don't know i mean i don't know what the budget for this movie was it doesn't look like it was huge by any means but uh william lustig truthfully makes the most he can with the money he's given um i watched his movie before this one which was just maniac um and that one as well it's just you know, I, these were independent movies, but they're doing some crazy, crazy special effects. Um, and I don't know. I just I think this is an entertaining movie. This part one is a little bit more of like a serious, um, almost like a whodunit kind of thing, you know, where they're they're really trying to figure out, like, what is going on here? Um, there's like a, a couple cops that are in real danger that are the main targets and you know, the whole police squad's kind of working together. Um, we did Maniac Cop 2 on our podcast, which is probably my favorite in this series, but I think that one is 1990. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm going with, you know, Maniac Cop 1, but it's still still a great movie. It would have been on my top 10, you know, no matter what. So um, I, I love this one. Great, fantastic pick. Yeah, I love the, the Maniac Cop as well. I actually haven't seen two or three. Uh, I've been meaning to them, but this is another one where I, I hadn't watched this until, I don't know, like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a blast. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic film. Uh, and yeah, I, I uh, loved 
pretty much every minute of it. Uh, I love the look that they have for the uh, Maniac Cop too. I don't know what they did exactly, but well, it's he looks it's, fantastic. it's Robert Dazar's real chin, and then they kind of okay. put An some makeup face. around it. Yeah, incredible yeah. face. Yeah, okay, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was an awesome pick. That was, um, yeah, that was not too far down on my list. So probably a good idea to grab it. Have either of you seen Samurai Cop? No. Uh, Robert Zadar is like the main henchman for the antagonist in, in Samurai Cop. So you get him, you get to see like the full awesomeness of his. He had like a growth defect that caused okay. the bottom of his face to like continue to grow. Um, oh, I think like the most mainstream movie he's in is Tango and Cash. He's driving the truck that Stallone shoots and stops and he goes flying out and then you see him later in the prison but okay. real real B heavy a lot of B movies mm-hmm. is Samurai Cop the one that Vinegar Syndrome like just restored and released no I, what uh, was that they just did that New, was York Ninja. New, New, York New York Ninja, Ninja. Thank, you, Ninja. thank you thank yeah. you thank you yep. I don't know why I was thinking Samurai Cop yep well, and that wasn't just a restaurant. I mean, that literally was, they made the, a movie out of a bunch of footage that like hadn't really ever been cut together. Right, right. And they had to redub the tracks and everything. Yeah, that was like a major, major overhaul. Do you know how involved Justin was with that, Nick? Um, at all, if at all? I, no, I don't actually know how involved he was. I mean, he does restoration, so that's entirely possible. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Restored some of it. Sorry, we're we're talking about uh, Justin the Liberty. We went to film school with him. He was the archivist, the film archivist for Vinegar Syndrome until he's uh, a little while ago moved into the head of distribution for OCN Distro, like an, an offshoot of Vinegar Syndrome, right? A sister company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, but I didn't know. Yeah, this is the part of the show where us three schmucks just get nervous and awe of you guys actually being connected to film stuff. We just uh, work in a shitty mini mall store and. Hawk cassettes and uh, VHS tapes, man. No, it's great. Like, we had this conversation before we came on. They were like, you know, they've had actually, like, people that work in the business and, like, can say shit. Like, who were we? Like, oh, okay. Well, at least we're here talking about yeah. positive things. We're not shit-talking stuff. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, we're super happy to have you. I mean, we, we're, we've, uh, yeah, we've had some, like, great people on, but they're people we've known for, like, a while and kind of new in school. So that's kind of our just our connection with them. So... But yeah, Justin's great. We're hoping to have him on soon too. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I hope he does. Yeah. 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 But uh, Bones, you're gonna wrap up here with the last pick of the fifth round. Okay. Do you want me to just skip just the one for now? Yeah, because I think what we'll do is we'll we'll yeah we'll uh, stop down. Okay. This movie is absolutely a slasher. Uh, if you know anything about it. Uh, originally they wanted a person who really did slash somebody to death to be in this movie. That's right. O.J. Simpson was almost the Terminator in 1984. I love it. I mean, really... I do love... Oh, sorry. I mean, I don't know what else you can... I mean, obviously this set off this is the foundation for what is 
one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, but this thing is just, it's, it's lean. Anytime we talk about a movie on here, it's like, ah, not the budget, whatever. I, I mean, this guy just really milked everything he could to get Arnie on this way up. It's fucking great. Um, the police shootout. What can you say? The final little bit. I mean, I would put that up against any slasher movie chase final girl thing ever. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be back. You know, that means more to me in terms of like, like from a horror movie than any Jason movie, anything Freddie ever said, whatever. So the Terminator. Great yeah. pick. And, and yeah, every time I rewatch it, I do. It really cements like, oh, yeah, no, this is like a horror movie, but it's just a killer robot and not Jason stalking somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fantastic. It's funny that like you kind of forget <clears throat> that two is the one that really like, you know, with a Terminator that uses bladed weapons and like edged weapons like that could have easily been one because one is the easily the more horror oriented of that series mm-hmm. but it's funny they introduced like the blade in uh, terminator 2 yeah but yeah terminator 1 they end that set piece at the end is like one of the best horror set pieces that's been like ripped off i mean like i mean child's play 2 the end of child's play 2 reminds me so much of the end of terminator mm-hmm. it's like going through the factory yeah and i mean like just you know having the you know t800 coming back for like one final like scare two grabbing her leg and everything it's just like a, a slasher like coming up like grabbing at the end you know mm-hmm. yeah fantastic pick all right everybody so this is going to conclude part one of the 1980s horror draft to recap part one Bones, in the first round you took Ghostbusters, in the second you took Manhunter, in the third round you took Predator, in the fourth Aliens, and in the fifth Terminator. Kron, in the first round you took The Fly, followed that up with Hellraiser in the second, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, in the third, Christine in the fourth, and then Maniac Cop in the fifth. Dan, you took An American Werewolf in London with your first overall pick. You took The Lost Boys in the second round. You took Demons in the third, Reanimator in the fourth, and then finished out round five with Silver Bullet. Nick, of course, you took The Shining with the number one overall pick in the entirety of the 1980s horror draft. Then you took The Evil Dead in the second round, The Changeling in the third, Return of the Living Dead in the fourth, and A Night of the Demons in the fifth. Uh, I took The Thing in the first round, Evil Dead 2 in the second, Day of the Dead in the third, They Live in the fourth, and Chopping Mall in the fifth. We will be back shortly, a couple more days probably, to drop part two, where we will conclude rounds five through ten of the 1980s horror draft. The song you heard in this episode is You Are a Monster by Monroeville Music Center. It's being used under a CCBY Creative Commons license and was accessed from freemusicarchive.org. If you'd like to hear more of Monroeville Music Center, you can find them on Bandcamp, their Facebook page, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Discogs, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And hey, if you want to reach out and communicate with us, please send an email to horrordraftspod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at horrordrafts, all one word.
We'd love to hear any questions you have for us, suggestions for topics to draft, or ideas for guests, especially if you can put us in touch with them. Thanks, everyone, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.